And the title of today's message is Unleashed. Unleashed. See, God had a promise of victory for the Israelites. The land he commanded them to take, to go, was already theirs. All they needed to do was to simply believe, trust, and obey. But this, they didn't do that. They got distracted. They turned back to old things. They turned back to old ways of thinking. They were leashed to how things used to be back when they were slaves. They said, at least when we were slaves, we had food to eat. Of course, they experienced the miracles of God, right? He parted the seas. He provided manna where there was no manna. But yet, like a lot of us today, they walked by sight and not by faith. Their unbelief displeased God because in Hebrews chapter eleven six it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Their failure to believe God's word, their failure to believe the promises that he had prevented them from entering the land that God had already prepared for them. See, Moses ends up dying before they can even possess the land. But someone by the name of Joshua had to rise up and he had to lead them across the Jordan River into Canaan. And see, the the borders that I want to talk about today, they're not geographical borders like the wilderness or the promised land. No, no. The borders that I want to talk about today, they're not measured by county lines where one county ends and one county begins. The, the, The borders that I want to talk about today, they're not where my property is and where my neighbor's property is. No, the borders I want to talk about today are spiritual borders and spiritual territories that I believe that God wants us to be unleashed from. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And I believe that some people that are listening today, they're going to be unleashed from old ways of thinking. They're going to be unleashed from old ways of handling situations. They're going to be unleashed from old ways of speaking. And ultimately, I believe that you're going to be unleashed to the destiny that God has for your life. In order for us to look at this, I believe that there are three keys to living an unleashed life. The first key is to know who you are. Keys to living an unleashed life, you have to know who you are. And for us to start unpacking this story, I want us to look at Joshua chapter 1. See, in order to understand what happens before you possess the land, we have to understand what happens to get to that point. So in Joshua chapter 1 verse 3, it says this. It says, I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend. See, when Joshua is hearing these words from God, He is still physically and geographically in the wilderness. He's not in the promised land yet. He's hearing these things from God. I will give you every place that you set your foot and your territory will extend. I believe what God is doing here, God is establishing how he views Joshua. Huh? God is saying, I want you to see things the way I see things. Huh? I want you to understand things from my point of view. He's saying, I want, I want you to know that I see what you're going through. I see the pains that you're experiencing. But I want to let you know that this is 
temporary territory. Huh? That it's not always going to be like this. In fact, I have a territory for you that extends far beyond what you're experiencing right now. And I believe this word is true when it comes to spiritual territory. There are some of us in here that are going through something spiritually, huh? That God is getting ready to bring us to another level, another place, to deliver us, to unleash us from where we are in that wilderness of a a mentality in a place that we are today. Just like he was telling Joshua. See, and in verse 5, God is reminding Joshua. He's saying, no one, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. God is securing his relationship with Joshua. Huh? God is saying that there's nothing that will be able to separate us. That there is nothing going to come against you enough to defeat you. It may come. The weapons may be formed, but they will not overtake you. Huh? There is nothing strong enough. There's no mistake great enough that is enough to cause me to change the way I feel about you. When God is saying, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, he's speaking about his heart condition. He's saying, I'll never turn my heart away from you. I'm right here with you. I love what the Apostle Paul writes in Romans chapter 8, verse 38. He says, for I am convinced. He doesn't say, for I think, I heard of, it may be. No, no, no. He says, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor death, nor anything else in all creations will be able to separate us from the love of God. That's what we were reading about this morning. And where is that love of God? It's in Christ Jesus, our Lord. It's not in and of ourselves. That love of God is secured in Christ Jesus. And the devil, we look at that, it says, nor angels, nor demons, right? Neither angels, nor demons. And the devil, what does he do? He always attempts to imprison us and keep us leashed to our past, accusing us of the mistakes that we've made and the mistakes that we may continue to make. I believe that someone needs to hear today that your experiences are not your identity. Your experiences are not your identity. See, there's a difference between who we are and what do we do. And a lot of times we get those two things confused. But we need to know to live an unleashed life. We need to know who we are. And you are not your experiences. The things that have happened to you because of the negligence of other people, that's not who you are. That's not your identity. The mistakes that you made, that's not who you are. That is not your identity. You are a child of the living God. Huh? You were bought with a price. You were adopted. You're his. You're nobody else's. You know what? The truth is, if you have claimed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're really not even your own. My life is not my own, the Bible says. We need to know who we are. The devil tries to get us to view ourselves in the dark rather in the light. Jimmy Evans, one of my favorite pastors, teachers, and authors, he writes this. He says the devil has dominion in the darkness and will try to keep areas of your life in the dark. 
He will continuously try to keep areas of your life in the dark in two ways. Number one, he'll try to work and keep you isolated where you're not opening up to other people, that you're not connecting to a small group, that you're not getting plugged into the church, that you're not finding accountability in your life. Huh? And he tries to get you isolated so that he can have a field day with your thoughts. And he tries to keep you in the dark. Huh? Another way, again, is getting connected. Man, you know, I talk about small groups and I believe in it. You know, we're taking a break now. In the summer, we're getting ready to do something a little different. But I have found the greatest times in my life in a small group. Why? Because things can come to light. Huh? Mentors, uh, people that, that are accountable in my life. I've had some of the hardest, most embarrassing conversations of things that I've done in my life. And it wasn't until I got those things out of the dark and brought them into the light, the enemy lost his grip in those areas of my life. Do I still struggle with those areas? Yes. What are those areas? None of your business. But I'm saying that because we all have areas in our life that still kind of, there's like this tug and war thing. And the truth is, I don't think that ever goes away. But what does change is the authority of that struggle. Amen? That's what changes. The Apostle Paul, he writes a letter to the church in Colossae. Huh? And he opens his, this epistle with thanksgiving. He writes this in verse 9 of Colossians 1. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Verse 12 says this, giving thanks to the Father who has what? Who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness. He transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. I believe that we are walking leashed in some areas where the chains really have already been broken. And we're dragging these chains around, but we just really think that those chains are there. I'm here to tell you today, you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You trusted in the blood that was shed for you. Well, you have been translated from that dominion of darkness into the kingdom of light. And we don't have to live like that dog that has already been loose off that leash, but he's just used to running in circles because that leash was there. But that leash is gone, but he's still running in circles. Just like the Israelites, they wandered. They wandered and they wandered because their minds were not renewed. And I believe that we cannot live an unleashed life until our minds first get renewed, renewed with our identity in who we are. Amen? Thank God for his grace. Thank God for his love. Joshua 1, verse 6, if we continue to look at this story, God says, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land. I swore to their ancestors to give them. There is a mandate on Joshua to lead others. My question to you is, is there a mandate on your life to lead others? Is there a mandate on your life to lead generations that are going to follow you? Is there a mandate on your life like Joshua to lead others spiritually? When we're unleashed, so are the generations that follow us. In Numbers chapter 14, 24, it says, But my servant Caleb has a different spirit. And because he follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him to the land he went to, and his descendants will inherit it. 
See, you cannot lead others to a place where you first haven't gone. We can't wish wishful thinking for our children if we ourselves are not going there. We can't tell our kids to go to church on holidays if we don't go to church on holidays. We can't tell our kids to serve if we're not serving. We can't tell our kids or our grandkids or anyone else that it's important to pray when we're not praying. Even God gave me that revelation. He said, son, it is good that you are praying and studying your word, but it's also important that your daughter sees you praying and studying your word, that your wife sees you praying and studying your word. I'm speaking to husbands this morning. Huh? I'm speaking to husbands to stand up and be that spiritual leader. Quit being leashed to your past because the chains are already broken and be unleashed and go towards your future because once you are, so will your family and the generations to come. You have to go first. You have to be initiators. You have to be a thermostat and not a thermometer. A thermometer simply just reads the temperature. A thermostat changes the temperature. I believe this is by the, word, by the Spirit of God today that there are people in here that need to be unleashed and have that thermostat mentality. Quit saying, I'm too tired to get up. You got to get up. Quit saying, I don't have time. You need to make time. You need to do it. It's not going to happen. Thinking about it is not good enough. Having intentions is not good enough. I'm speaking to me too. You think this is just for you? No, this is for me too. See, in Numbers chapter 13 and 14, there's Caleb and Joshua. They were the two out of the, 10, out of the 12 spies that came back and said, oh yeah, 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 we can get that land. Oh, no question. Ten spies came back, right? So to rewind, Moses, they, they, they send out 12 spies. Okay, go look at the land, see if it's there, see if it's what people say it is. Let's see if we can conquer it, come up with a strategy. Ten come back and they say, yep, it's there. Does it have milk and honey? Yep, it has milk and honey. Are, 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 is the produce nice and juicy? Yep. Nice and juicy, grass, nice and green, it's all there. All right, go, let's, let's go get it. Oh, there's one thing. There's giants. There's giants, and they're a lot bigger than us. They're a lot stronger than us. In fact, these giants, it looks like they've been there for a long time. They're possessing that land right now. Majority ruled. Caleb and Joshua they had a different spirit. They said, no, 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 no. We can get it. Yeah, 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 we saw it. Milk and honey, yep, check. Grass, check. Huh? Jacuzzi pool, check. Yep, it's all there. Huh? Giants, so what? God said we can possess it. They had a different spirit. They had a different attitude. Spiritual territory we're talking about, right? Killing giants. Defeating giants. You know, in my life, in Melissa's life, we've determined something. We determined that our children, our grandchildren, and their children would not have to fight the giants that we did not kill. We will not leave the giants that were passed on to us for them. We needed to go first. We needed to go forward. We needed to draw the line in the sand that says, no, 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 I don't care how big that giant is. 
I don't care how much I feel like quitting. I'll share a personal story with you. Um, I counted the number of marriages on my mother's side, my father's side, so all of my aunts and uncles and uh, my first cousins. 26 marriages. 26 marriages. 20 of them ended in divorce out of 26. 26 marriages started, 20 ended in divorce. I'm not leaving that giant behind. We wanted to. We were really close. I deserved it. Um, Bags were packed. But we said no. No, no, no. No, 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 no. God promised us that no one can separate us. No matter what we're going through, what God has joined together, let no man separate. Huh? So regardless of how I feel right now, regardless of how weak I am, regardless of the needs in my life that may not be getting met, per my perception, huh? When my flesh wanted to take over, huh? No, 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 no. I, I had to stand up and say, no, no, I'm not leaving that giant around. And now we have a little girl, three years old. She was already born. But now, see, we're, we're at a stage right now, Melissa and I, where um, we're trading duties as Melissa goes back to school. So we're sharing duties, rather. And now um, there's little dots on our, on our calendar of who does bath time and who does, you know, reading books before you go to bed. So red is mommy, blue is daddy. So we go to the, okay, whose night is it? It's mommy's night, okay. So mommy goes and starts in the bathtub. I'm no longer daddy at this point. I've adopted a new name called Prince. My name is Prince because she is princess. My little daughter's princess and I am Prince. That's kind of a little thing that we do to kind of get the, get it moving when she doesn't want to go, okay. And I'll say, princess, may I please escort you to the bath? (laughs) And she'll say, oh, sure, Prince, you know. So we kind of, you know, and it's a fun little thing that I do to connect with my daughter. So it was a red dot night where my wife was giving her a bath and she was getting, she was wrapping things up and Ariana says, where's Prince? She was looking for Prince. It's like, where's Prince? I want Prince to to brush my teeth. I I want Prince to, to read me a story. I want Prince to put me to bed. And I'm sharing this story with you because several years ago, if I would have allowed that giant to defeat me, I wouldn't be prince today. I wouldn't be prince. And she would have been left to fight that giant. But God has a better plan. God restores and God is faithful. So whatever you're facing today, maybe it's marriage, Maybe it's finances, whatever, wherever you're at, do not give up because God is able. God is able. We just need to unleash ourselves from that way of thinking. Do you know that you've been created with a God-given purpose? Long time ago. Someone needs to hear that you have been created with a God-given purpose long time ago. And again, it's not just for you but it's for those around you. Because in Ephesians chapter 2, it's very plain that we are God's masterpieces. Huh? That he created us anew in Christ. 
to do good things that he planned long, long ago. The second key to living an unleashed life, we have to know what you're about. The first thing is you know who you are. The second thing is to know what you're about. So looking at the story of Joshua, Joshua 1, chapter 7, it says, Be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything that you do. I believe what this is saying here is that we need to live a life of godly character and we need to live a life of godly integrity. This requires us to be strong and courageous. This requires us to carefully obey what the Word of God has to say. In order for us to stay the course, in order for us to be successful in all that we do, this demands for us to learn, to read, to learn, and to live out what the Word of God says. We need to make time to understand it and live it out. We can't deviate from it. We can't allow anything to cause us to turn aside from it. We can't cause, allow anything to cause us to be departed from it or to remove from it. In verse 8, it, sa- it says it right there. The next thing, study this book of instruction continually. Man- meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then you will prosper and succeed in all that you do. So what does your life speak about you? Huh? What dictates the decisions that you make? How do you conduct your family, your finances, and your behavior? Your character, our character, needs to line up with godly living. Our integrity must be validated by the unseen choices that we make and the choices that we make when no one is looking. But it comes with spending time with the Lord. It comes with praying. I know it's a fundamental truth, and it's so easily that we can just pass that by But I love what Martin Luther says. He says to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. And we're going to test that fact just to see. So we're getting ready. You know, I've got one more point, then we're going to close. So right now, I want everyone to hold your breath and wait till I'm done preaching to breathe again. Can you do that? No. It's impossible. It's impossible for all of us to hold our breath right now and not turn over. Same thing with prayer. I'm telling you, same thing with prayer, guys. I'm speaking this to myself. If you're too busy to pray, then you're too busy to be a Christian. If you're too busy to spend time with God, you're too busy to be a son of God or or a daughter of God. Huh? We need to know who we are. We need to know what we're about and live what we're about. Because it's in these times where the Holy Spirit will unleash us from the old ways of doing things. It's in these times that the scriptures will be illuminated in our heart to be unleashed from the old negative ways of handling things. And he'll empower us to move forward and be unleashed to the destiny that he has for us. See, because I believe that God's looking for believers who are going to believe and not make excuses. I believe that God is looking for a generation that will not settle for status quo. I believe that God is looking for individuals who will not be easily offended and harbor things that are not from him and become a person who is hard to offend. It's in those places when we spend time with the Lord where we can just cast our cares, our anxieties, our hurts, the things that we don't understand on him 
And I say that today because offense is one of those things that robs us from doing what we're called to do. Offense can happen every day, all day, if we allow it to. So I challenge you to be someone that can't be offended. Because if you can be offended, you will be offended. Go on social media, there's an opportunity to get offended. Talk to a family member, there's a guarantee that you'll be offended. Huh? Come to church, well, great opportunity to be offended. But decide for yourself. I know who I am in Christ. I know what I'm about, and I'm not about being offended. So don't be offended. The last key, the last key is to know where you're going. Keys to living an unleashed life, know who you are, know what you're about, and to know where you're going. See, in order for Joshua to complete the assignment of leading the people to the promised land, he needed to understand where he was going. And not simply just to understand where he was going, but he needed to accept where he was going. He needed to adopt where he was going. He needed to say, yes, I'm going I'm I'm to accept this mandate on my life, and I'm going to go to carry it out. And if we look at verse 11, what does he say to his officers? He says this, chapter 1, verse 11, pass through the camp and command the people, saying, prepare provision for yourselves. For within three days you will cross this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. He's in the wilderness. He knows who he is. Walking around, I'm sure a lot of people are still kind of getting into his ear. He's like, you know what? I know what I'm about. I'm about moving forward. And he knows where he's going. He'd been there. He saw it. Now it's time for him to lead others. It was time for him to say, prepare yourself. See that? Prepare provision for yourselves. You can have faith of the promised land, but faith without actions is dead. There are some things in our life that we need to do in order to possess the territory that God has for us. And I believe that it's preparation. It's preparation. It's preparation in the morning. As you get on with your day, you start with being in the Word. It's preparation for what God has called for you to do in your life. There has to be a season of learning. There has to be a season of trial and error, right? There has to be things that we need to prepare for. It's like even last week, a lot of us probably went to the beach or went to the pool or had a barbecue, right? Memorial Day weekend. But just to go to the beach, you can't just sit on your couch and say, man, I really want to go to the beach. That's not going to happen. What do you have to do? You have to prepare. You have to get your suntan lotion, right? If you've got kids, you've got to get your floaties, right? You've got to get your tents and your umbrellas. You've got to get some water. Maybe go get a sub. Whatever it is that you do that brings you to the beach. You've got to prepare those things, right? If you're going to the, to the DMV, glory to God, if you're going to the DMV, what do you have to do? You have to prepare ahead of time. You have to know why you're going, right? If you're going to go get a license, you need to fill out this form, and you need to bring this, and you need to bring this check, and you blah, 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 blah. And then if you're going to do um, a registration, and you're getting tags, you need to fill out this form, because you know if you don't have the proper tag and every line filled out in the right ink color, they're going to turn you away, right? There has to be preparation. There has to be actions to our faith. We can't just show up at the window, bypass everybody, and say, I'm here for my license. No, 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 no. There's a process. There's a process to things. And I believe that there is a process 
to gaining, to inheriting spiritual territory in our lives. When we know who we are in Christ, when we live out what we're about, and we understand where we're going, we must prepare ourselves. Get ready, Joshua said to the officers. And I'm here today to tell you, I believe the Lord wants people to hear, get ready. Get ready. There are people in here that are getting ready to possess new spiritual territory. I believe there are, that there are people in here that are fed up of living the type of lives that they're living. You might be okay with most things, but no, 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 no. God didn't die for you to have most things. God died for you to have all things. Huh? I'm reminded of another story where, is this okay, one more story? We're good? We're all awake? We're okay? Okay. So there was a story of a man who went on a cruise. He had just enough money to buy a ticket. He didn't have money for anything else. He bought a ticket for a cruise, and he brought with him a small bag, enough water, and enough crackers for the duration of the cruise. So there was a time where it was dinner time, and he would go, and he would see and smell the filet mignon. He would see the, 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 the Belgian waffles. being carried, the Sundays, the eggplant parmesan. He would see it, and he would say, I can't afford it. All I can do is sit here on this corner and eat these crackers. One day, same thing. Second day, same thing. On the third day, this gentleman walks up to him, and he says, I noticed that every night when we're having dinner, you're, you're, you're not in here with... There, there's a table prepared for you. There, 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 there's a seat prepared for you, but you're, you're, you're out here eating crackers and drinking water. And he goes, sir, you know, I, I, all the money that I had was just enough to get on the ship. I don't have enough money for the dinner. And what was his response, do you think? He says, dinner's included. Dinner's already paid for. Dinner is a part of the ticket that you purchased. And we've all been purchased with a price. So don't think for one second that you need to settle for crackers and water in areas of your life because God had paid the price for you. Not most of it, not some of it, all of it. Look at those giants. Have a spirit like Caleb. Have a spirit like Joshua. And says, no, 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 God, God, God had promised me healing. God had promised me joy, you know? It doesn't mean that everything is supposed to be joyful. It just means that we can have joy in those unjoyful situations, huh? I was watching a marriage thing that me and my wife were watching. He said something profound. He said, you know, sometimes we go into marriage thinking that it's happily ever after. And how many of you know it's not always happily ever after? But he said this, the, the, the speaker said this, he said, God didn't create marriage for happiness, God created marriage for holiness. And I believe that there's situations in your life right now that it's not, if you're not happy, it doesn't mean that God's not there. What God is, he's allowing those things in your life that are keeping you from holiness to come to the surface and say, hey, I want to unleash you from those things. 
But, but if we continue to ignore those things, or if we, if we continue to put our eyes and, and, and just turn the other way, we're just living a life of insanity. You know, for new seasons and new territories in our life, there's old things that have to come to an end, and there are new things that have to start. There are, there, there are some places where we need to stop visiting, and there's some places we need to start visiting. Huh? There's some things we need to stop speaking, even though we think it's cute and harmless, like, oh man, this headache is killing me, or, you know, or, or my job is driving me crazy. You know what? When you're driving home and you feel crazy, that's because you've been prophesying over yourself the whole time. Huh? No, 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 no. You don't say that. You can't say those things. You've got to change. You've got to renew your mind. You gotta, you're, gonna, you're just going to be leashed in that area of your life. No, no, God has better plans for you. God doesn't want you in that wilderness area of your life. He wants those areas of your life to come out of the dark and be in the light because that's where you are. That's where you need to be going. There needs to be some uh, financial plans that need to be implemented in some of our lives. There has to be some places where we need to stop spending and we need to start saving. Or maybe even start tithing. You know? And I'm not afraid to talk about tithing, and I'm not talking about tithing because we need your money. I'm not saying that because that's just not what I'm doing. Tithing is not to bless the church. Tithing is to bless you. I believe that with all my heart. And you know what? Just like Malachi said, I have put that to the test. And time and time again, God wins. Times that I tithed, he won. Times that I didn't tithe because it was tight, it was tight, and it got even tighter, and it went in the opposite direction, you know. But that could be an area of our lives today where, oh, you know, that's just Old Testament stuff. Well, you know what? I'm going to leave that between you and God right now, okay? But I just want to tell you today, God wants to unleash people and even in that area of their lives. You know, and if we're not careful about knowing where we're going, we're going to miss opportunities of preparation, we're going to miss opportunities that God has before us. Thomas Edison, he says that the opportunity, opportunity is missed because most people, opportunity is missed by most people because it's dressed in overalls and looks like work. It looks like work. And I'm not here to offend anybody. I'm not here to ruffle any feathers. I'm just here to deliver the word of God because I believe that God wants to get into some areas. Huh? Opportunity is missed because it's stressed in overalls and it looks like work. Don't, don't despise small beginnings. Don't despise things that are hard to do. In fact, the hardest things to do is where most freedom comes from. At least that's what I've, I've experienced. And we need to understand that preparation time is never wasted time. I believe this is true. I believe that in order for God to unleash you into your destiny, you must go through the process of preparation. So I encourage you today, have a different spirit like Caleb and Joshua. Know who you are, what you're about, and where you're going. Because God has a promised land waiting for you.